than just throw that in there. But on your way out, we have a gift for all those that this is your first week here, and we want to just say thank you for coming. This morning, I, I'm just excited. Uh, you know, when, when I look back over the last couple of weeks, we went through a series on the laws of the highway and, and talking about that. I'm going to kind of, you know, review that in a little bit. Then we're going to go on to another series. But, you know, the last two weeks, I, I just have been blessed. You know, sometimes um, the minister needs to be ministered to. And, and I went through a season that I was ministered to. You know, I listened, Mark, my son, preached two weeks ago, and Gwen and I were on a vacation, and, and we were listening to it online. And it, it's just an amazing privilege to be able to listen to it online. Uh, we used to, remember, if, if you had, back in the day, you had cassettes, and you recorded it, and you'd have to listen to it later. And, and then you got into CDs and different things, but now you can actually listen to the sermon in, in real time, and, and, and that's what Gwen and I did on vacation, and I was just ministered uh, by his uh, charismatic way of bringing the Word of God, and, and I know that you were too. And then last week, you know, uh, my wife Gwen was able to speak, and she spoke again on God is our provider. And, and it's not always what you know, but what you remember when you're going through the storm that counts. Isn't that true? And Gwen, again, brought a powerful message that brings us back to the power of the Word of God working in and through our life. Now, let me remind you that words change everything about you. You might not really realize this until I bring it to your attention, but words change you. Words are things. They actually can change us, and that's good and bad. Have you ever been pretty happy and you watch the evening news, and at the end of the news you're like, oh my goodness, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. I guess I was the only one that's ever done that, because no, I was like, no, no, it ain't no. It. Words change you. So we've kind of... Again, a mindset of thinking that the Word of God, as we get into the Word of God, the Word of God says that the Word of God transforms us by the renewing of our mind. And we know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. And when the Word of God changes our thinking, it changes everything about us to our destiny of where we're going and where we're heading in the right direction. The Word of God changes our emotions. We're not emotionally driven. Someone can't come up and go, you don't look too fat in that dress. Come on now, ladies. I'm not emotionally driven. You can say that all you want. Okay, I can tell that the Word of God's still working on some of us here. But when the Word of God changes our thinking, it changes our emotions, then it changes our choices, we begin to make the right choices. Maybe we don't hit that person that said that comment. Oh God, maybe I should never, God, take two weeks off. I can tell our people are already going to the left. When our emotions change our choices, when our choices are habits, we're going to be talking about that for the next few weeks. Our habits change, and when our habits change, our character and our destiny changes. This morning, as we get into this, I want you to wade into it, because what you will hear in the next few weeks, you can take it. 
What I mean by that is it's not too complicated. But let me tell you this, that also let me speak into the future of your life. What you hear in the next few weeks can change your thinking that will change your destiny in a way that you never, ever have heard it before. I can't speak to everybody, but I'll speak to John Miller. We, we can change the announcements while I'm preaching, guys. I am his ministry. Praise God for our children's ministry. But let, let's go on with that. All right. But, but I want you to see this, is when we get into the practicality, what's the word I'm looking for? What do you think I said? Okay, that's it. When you get into the practical way of thinking of how God is moving us into a deeper walk with him, a lot of times growing up in church, people go, just be obedient. You go, amen, I'll be obedient. What, what am I being obedient to? And they say, well, the, the answer to every question is Jesus. And I know now that I'm a minister what they meant, but at the time I'm like, well, I really don't know why Jesus is the answer to why I have a problem serving God. And now I'm hoping you're, you're understanding what I'm saying is a lot of times we get into a culture in church that we begin to speak things and we begin to think that everybody understands things and what I've yelled out as a younger man is, please, God, can I just get some practical ways of making a deeper walk in a relationship with you? Can I create habits in my life that is going to bring about a destination change that's going to bring glory to you? And then I will see the goodness of God in this life, not just when I get to heaven. Now, now, let me kind of bring you back to where we've been, is the laws of the highway, the highway that you choose will lead you to the destination if you want to go there or not. The choosing of the highway is so important. Now, now remember some of the points so that we can bring it back to this. Now, listen to this. Sometimes it's the smallest step in the right direction that brings the biggest change in our life. Okay, so the three principles that we talked about, number one is what gets your attention determines your direction. If you're going somewhere, hey, and somebody, oh, oh, you, they get your attention, you tend to want to turn and go into that direction. We, we use the passage of Scripture, a prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Point two was direction, not good intention. Direction, not good intention, determines your destination. And, and we talked about the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Now, we, we talked about this, and I can't go into more detail on it, but just let me remind you that just because you have a good intention to serve God, if you're not going in the direction that God has for us, isn't going to lead to the destination that you want. But, Pastor, I, I want to but you're not going in the right direction. Good intentions doesn't get you in the right destination. And then the third thing we talked about is choosing the right highway starts with submission. Submission, not knowledge. It's submitting to the things of God. There, there's things of God that, you know, there's a way that seems right unto man, but it leads to death. But we are encouraged as believers, and, and that's what Christian are, little Christs, we're, we're disciplined disciples, we're disciplined followers of Christ. Meaning that in those things that we just kind of sometimes, at first we go, you know, I really don't, I don't, I don't know if that, I don't, God, I'm submitting to your word. Because I realize that there is a God and I'm not him. 
So I submit to you in the knowledge that you have. We use the passage, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your pass or your highway straight. Now this morning and for the next few weeks, I want us to focus on something that I said previously and I will say it again. The principles that we're going to talk about will change your life and will you that have been in the church maybe, uh, let me tell you, 50 years, you'll hear it in a different way and even if it's the same way, it's in a more practical way of saying it that hopefully will bring enlightenment or revelation to you to be able to do some things and see a result at the end of it. What in the world are you talking about, Pastor? (laughs) Just hold on. The statement that I want us to use is kind of a tagline through this is where focus goes, energy flows. (laughs) What do you think? What do you think? Let's say it again, all together. Where focus goes, energy flows. Now, now the first point of this whole series that I just got done with, with was what gets your attention determines your direction. So you could say this is kind of like part two of that principle. Where your focus goes, energy flows. Now listen to this. What gets your attention will determine your direction. But a lot of times we don't realize that what has gotten our attention we had to pay attention to after it got our attention. Do you remember going to high school? Maybe some of you, it's been a while ago. Maybe it was just last year for some of you. Now now watch this. Do you remember that there was a time in your life, because I've said it before, is a lot of times people, the majority of people that are breathing will only do what they're made to do. You can process that later, but let me explain this. You know as well as me that a lot of people would not have put as much work into their high school diploma if they were not made to. But as a child, you go through the school system and there is a responsibility of a child to have to be in class and have to do certain things in order to get the diploma at 12th grade. There are people in your life that is positioned, hopefully they were parents there for you, you know, your parents guiding and directing and going, did you get your homework done? Now, let me tell you what my mother did. Did you get your homework done? Did you get your homework done? Is your homework done? Did you get your homework John, did you get your homework done? John, and if I could do that about 20 more times to just wear you out, that's my mother. My mother is a driver. One of my sons, Heath, took 19 hours in college, and he had six hours coming up to graduate from college. And my mother heard, and and we said, Mom, he just got 19 hours and was working 40 hours for the Starbucks down the street. And and she goes, how much you got left? He, six hours. You can knock that out in the summer. There was no grass growing under your feet at my house. But, but what I'm saying is there's people that have put, been put in our life in the high school years and in the school years that really we felt we were made to do it. Anybody feel like that in high school, in junior high and elementary? Okay, there's four of us, 10, 12. Okay. Did you forget that? But when you leave high school and you're on your own, as they, the same people are there, but they don't have the responsibility sometimes as they did before you turned 18. 
Your parents might have, and hopefully they continue to put in your life, but you were not made to learn. You were not made to get up at a certain time and, and, and you know, you, you had to be at a certain place and you had to listen and then you had to move from this class to this class to this class. And sometimes after the school year, you didn't have to pay attention to the lesson or learning. Do you remember going to driver's ed? Let me see your hand if you went to driver's ed and you had to get your, yeah. See, some people didn't do that. They just wait until they were 18 or whatever to get. I went to driver's ed. If you went to driver's ed, chances are you heard this. Keep your eyes and your attention on the... You guys are genius. My driver's ed teacher said, if you're not careful where your eyes go, the car will go. So you can look at the pretty girl walking down the street, and wait, but you better not focus on her or you're going to run over her. There's something about that word that it captured my attention. It, I, I, I have to pay attention. We know that whatever gets our attention determines our direction. As I've said before, when I went to college and I'm, I'm working on something in the library and a little four foot ten blonde-headed girl walks in. Her name was Gwen. And, and she captured my attention and from there she got my direction bada bing bada boom four kids and two grandkids later i'm here <laughs> what gets your attention see now listen to these passages of scripture because if you go through the new testament almost all the bible all the authors of the bible have something to say about hey whatever grabs your attention is going to determine your direction when the children of israel are going from Egypt into the wilderness, into the promised land, God in Deuteronomy chapter 7 makes this clear. Now just quickly listen to these passages. He says, Therefore, take care to follow the commands, decrees, and laws I give you today. Now listen to this word. If you pay attention to keep these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep His covenant of love with you as He swore to your ancestors. See, he's saying that if you follow my way, it's a prosperous way. I'm going to lead you through the valley and through the shadow of death, and you can fear no evil, not because you're good or because you're all that, but because I will be with you. But the thing is that if you tend to get your attention on the nations that are around you, that you're going to move in around, if you begin to follow their customs and get their cultures and all this in the long run, that direction that got your attention, they will come and overtake you. See, what you're trying to, to uh, imitate, try to be more like, is actually going to bring destruction on you. Pay attention. Pay attention. It's very important to pay attention to what I'm giving you today. In the, in the uh, Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, there's a man, and we know him as David. I mean, this is the giant killer. And in his life, he's writing a, a song, a Psalms, in verse 35 of chapter 119. Now listen to what he says. Direct me, talking to God, direct me in your pass, path of your commands, for there I find delight. Now listen to this. Turn my heart toward your statues and not toward selfish gain. 
Verse 37, turn my eyes from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. The distractions that are going to come into my life. Hey, hey, over here, David, over here. Look over here. The shiny, the sparkle. Come over here. David says, man, God, please keep my eyes from worthless things. And then he goes on to say, preserve my life. Preserve my life. You're telling me, David, that if he keeps you from looking at those worthless things, that your life will be preserved? His son comes to reign and his name is Solomon. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25, listen to what he says on the same subject. What's the subject? Pay attention. <laughs> verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead. Did you hear this? Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. In other words, keep focus. Stay the course. Verse 26. Give careful thought to the past. For your feet be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left and keep your foot from evil. Now again, when we hear turn to keep it from the left and to the right, what it is saying is that you're, you will have distractions to turn away from the focus of the main thing. And Solomon being a very wise man says, God, please, please do not let me turn to the left or to the right. Our, Eyes straight ahead, focused, so that all of the energy that I have will flow into that area that you have for me. You know that even Jesus and Matthew has something to say about this? Now, now when you read this, some of you will hear it and go, well, I agree with that. So agree to it when it comes to the fact of paying attention. In verse 22 of chapter 6, it says, the eye. What is it? The eye is the lamp of the body. So that we don't go on before we read the rest of it and miss it. What is the lamp of the body? The eye. If your eyes are un, uh, if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? See, in the Bible, the, the Word of God is a lamp or a light into our feet and our path that we might see where we're going. The, the highway that we're on, the distractions will not come about because we can see them afar off. We're going to take refuge. We're going to keep on the right road. You know, what, what this verse is saying is in the New Testament, in the New Testament times, there was an electricity. Do everybody remember that? Okay, No electricity. And what would happen is they would put a lamp and sometimes maybe even on a stick to get it as far away so that they could see where they were going. Has anybody ever gone camping? Can, can you guys just turn off the light, all the lights? I, know, I hope we can get them back on and they don't flicker. But anyway, okay, if you can turn them off. Now, now I told you a few weeks ago, and we have the projectors and we have some, you know, you know the thing about electricity is that you can see each other. I can, I can see a bunch of people in the sanctuary. I can't see your faces. But this flashlight, let's say, is the Word of God. And where we're going is a lot of times you go, you know, I don't know a decision. I can't make it. I don't know what to do. But booyah, look at this thing. Now, I'm keeping it up so someone don't say, I can see everybody's face in here, especially those dudes over there. All right. <laughs> this is the light. And if the body is healthy, 
then the light of the body is the eye. Okay, guys, put it back on the light. If you want to buy one, not this one. This is mine. <laughs> we get to this place in the message, and I think we know our problem is not a problem of lack of understanding, but a lack of application in our life. So, so in the next few weeks, we're going to be you apply this to our lives. Isn't it funny how it says when people say it in the expression, pay attention. There's something about that word that we, it costs us something to pay attention. It's something to take focus and stay focused. You could say it takes discipline to be focused to pay attention. Now, let me give you some big and small it can be as big as driving on I-35 and all the construction. Everybody know the construction? Has anybody ever got on I-35 from our church going south? You get up to the speed of about 45, if you're going about 75, before you get on the highway. I rode with her the other night, and I ah, I never got close to Jesus like I did that day. As you notice, I'm coming on this side of the platform. <laughs> I did it the other day, and somebody had texted me. So it's one thing to look at your phone while you're driving, but it's a whole other thing to use two fingers to try to text. It's a distraction. So as I'm getting on in those concrete barriers, you know, that are like, you know, they, they're apart. Uh, you know, your car is about, what, maybe nine feet wide, and the, 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 the lane is probably nine foot, two inches. Doesn't it feel like that? So it didn't take me long to put down the phone to go, oh, no, 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 I've got to be focused. I've got to have my attention focused on this road. Now, that's something big, but it is even more disciplined sometimes to when somebody is talking for you to put down your phone, or to focus and listen to what they're saying. Some of you are coming under condemnation as I speak right now. <laughs> to keep your attention focused for a period of time is something that our culture is getting away from. I went to a dinner party the other day when everybody was 50 or over at this dinner party. Do you know that I didn't see one phone the entire night? <laughs> But that's not just talking about the young people. I've been in a party where they were all my age. And in between statements they made, and now it's my time to talk, they went to looking at their phone. Hey, chief, over here, I'm saying something. You know, you went. It's hard because there's distractions that want to get our attention. This morning, I want to ask you this. What is distracting you? I'm not talking about just away from the things of God, but what is distracting you? Maybe there's a hobby that you picked up just to kind of, you know, kind of relax you. You know, you I don't know, you're, you're picking flowers. I don't know, you're watching birds. I don't know, it's a hobby. But that hobby has turned into distraction. Now something that was maybe a few dollars a month has developed into a line item of your budget. It's distracting. 
Maybe it's someone that is distracting you that you're spending more time with than you really should be spending time with. Let me go a different way. Maybe there's people that you should be spending more time, maybe your children, your spouse, that now you realize there's distractions in your life. You know that everybody that has been married realizes that once you say, I do, you can put it on autopilot because a good marriage just happens. We know, don't we? Don't we laugh about that kind of in sarcasm, which is the lowest form of wit? (laughs) But at the same time, we realize that there has to be attention put into our marriage so that we can reap a result of a good marriage. It's the same thing with raising children. And let me tell you, I wish I could speak to all the parents that have ever lived because I've been here. Is you realize that you do not take care of teaching your children after they've fallen off the cliff. The problem's already happened. It's preventative medicine. In other words, you're teaching them before they get there. You don't just say, you know, I don't know what happened to them. They fell into all these addictions and all these problems as a teenager. Did you spend any time teaching them when they're back here in diapers and then growing up even older? What's getting your attention? Because there could be distractions in your life right now that's getting you away from what's important. Now, let me say this. A lot of times people will sit and they say, let me just talk about my problems. But the real solution is, listen, a change of direction. And here's the big one. And then time will lead you to the right destination. See, what what we all want, including John Miller, is sometimes I'm doing the wrong thing because I've got distractions in my life, and I realize it's not just me talking about the problem that's going to make the problem go away. That's not the solution. It's changing direction. Now watch this, and I want to be there right now. Anybody like that, like me? And what happens is when you're not there, you begin to get impatient But it just takes time. You did not get to the wrong place you are right now overnight. And it's going to take time to get to the right place that you want to go. So give God time in leading you to the right destination that all of us want. It isn't a quick fix. You can't go to a doctor and get a pill. You can't go to a pastor and let him lay his hands on that and say, oh God. And then all of a sudden you're there. Should it would happen because I could lay hands on myself as a pastor. God, right now, I want to be there. It doesn't work that way. Think about it this way. When you look back and evaluate those things that people ask for prayer the most, you know what they are. If, if somebody came up to you and you said, can I pray with you? Usually it's about something about healing, health in their body. Or two, it's something financial. Man, I got a bill to pay. Can you pray with me about this financial if difficulty? Or three is a relationship problem. And that includes a relationship with God. You know, would you pray with me? Now listen, when you look back on those three things in your life, health, your finances, and your relationships, when you look back with 2020 hindsight, isn't it true that you can see patterns of behavior that led you to where you are today? So in a very practical way in the next few weeks, I'm going to give you some suggestions how we can change that. But here's the thing that I want you just to grasp is 
as we see these things and these distractions, what is the distraction? You're, there's a lot of times that people look, think a bit, you know, they'll come up with a few things, and they go, I, I don't think there's anything else. And more than not, there is a subconscious, or let's say the unconscious, is running in the background in your life, dictating the behavior that's coming out and be exhibit, exhibited by yourself and everybody around you. A, a quote that really hit me is this, until you make your unconscious conscious, it will direct you and you will call it fate. Let me say it again. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct you and you will call it fate. See, the more you become conscious of what's happening in the shadows of the conscious, you're going to say, well, it just happens. Life just happens. Let me give you another example. If the unconscious is this elephant, okay, that you're sitting on, and you really, in your ego, thinks that you're controlling that elephant. But when it takes a left, and you thought you should go straight, and you go, yeah, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to go left. See, when you become aware that there's things running in your past, and it's all kinds of distractions, what people said over your life, what your belief system has taken on, Can, can you remember that you have a belief system and out of your belief system you make choices and out of your choices come experiences that confirm your belief system? So, so listen to this. Do you know that Paul says this in Galatians? L listen to this. Some of you that have been in church have heard it this way. A little leaven will go through the whole batch of you know, dough. And, but, but listen to this out of the Passion Translation. Galatians 5.9, it says... Do you have that passage so that everybody can read it with me? Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate, permeate your entire belief system? Just a little lie. When I read that passage, matter of fact, a, a guy that's in my life that I love to talk the Word of God to, and, and, and this morning he sent me that passage because we've been talking about our belief system and how things happen in our life, and, and sometimes we don't even realize that we're believing and we're going in a direction. That Where did I get that? Just a little lie. Hmm. Paying attention, watching out for distractions, which can even be in the unconscious. So just in the next few minutes, I'm going to talk about creating new habits that we need to pay for the attention that's going to give to those habits. Again, to change your path, 
you must be aware of the unconscious pattern and the behaviors that are going on in your life. Now, now I'm going to say something that we're going to build on in weeks to come that is very practical. Months ago, we went through a series on the most important things that you can do when you come to know Christ is know who God is and who He says He is, not what Grandma says or what somebody else. They might be saying the same thing, but who God says in His Word He is. And we talked about in, a, in one word, God is love. And, and somebody, all of our thinking of what that word love is, He doesn't have love, He is love. Okay. Go back and listen to those sermons. You disagree with me? Listen to the sermons and then come back. And then we talked about, then the most important thing after that is knowing who God says you are, not who the football coach said you were, not who the peer pressure students in junior high said you were, who God says you are. And we talked about that we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus and how people look kind of look down and they humble themselves and, well, I don't really... That's who God says we are. That's not who a pastor says we are. That's who God said first who we are. Now, this morning, as we begin to look at these uh, these principles of the, the highway and being on the right, and what gets our attention determines our direction, it's so critical. The most effective way to change the habits, even the unconscious that's running in the background. Listen to this, and if, if you would, take notes during this. This is a, a sermon series that you need to process through the week and, and to listen and listen to it again. The most effective way to change your habits is to focus not on what you want to achieve. See, a lot of times we think of goal setting and habits are creating this, this form of getting to where the goal is. But it's not what we want to achieve, but on who we wish to become. Because see, God says that we are the righteousness in Christ, but if we're not seeing behaviors, lifestyles, patterns that are lining up with that, there's a problem. Listen to this. Habits are behaviors that determine your identity. Your identity feeds your habits, and your habits feed your identity, and it forms a feedback loop. Can I just briefly say this? And we're not talking about being a swimmer, but what do swimmers do? It's not a trick question. <laughs> they swim. Let me get hard. What does a lumberjack do? He cuts down trees. So the question is, when we're creating an identity, we're asking you to begin to contemplate just in a time of quiet meditation. What does that mean? Maybe when you get up in the morning, get away from everybody, get a cup of coffee if you drink coffee. If you don't, it's not spiritual. And get alone and begin to say, God, who do you say that I am? Now, Pastor John said, you are the, I was the righteousness. Again, allow your identity to begin being spoken to. Say, God, did you say that about me? Who do you wish to become? I don't want you to set a goal of I'm going to read the Bible through in a year. I grew up in a church that said that. That's good. 
But how many knows you can read a Bible through in a whole year and don't know what it says? Remember something about B, 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 what was his name again over there? You know what I'm saying. I, I grew up in a church that it was a wonderful church. And, and I'm not saying this is bad at all. They say, pray and read your Bible. Anybody ever grow up in a church that pray and read your Bible? Where, 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 where do I read? Oh, read it all. We're going to get into the practical. Now, let me say this. We're, this, this can, I, I can tell you that this, in the next few seconds, we're going to be done in the, well, let me say minutes, not seconds. And I'm going to tell you something that we're going to build on. And, and we, we, we've talked about this in the year 2020, right before the big COVID shutdown. And, and we did it during a Sunday school hour. And, and before, we, who was here during that time when we talked about habits? And watch this. Every habit will come up with four as the backbone of a habit. Four things. It's cue. It's craving. It's response. And then it's reward. Let me show you how this works. As we begin to develop and we begin to see what is it that creates a habit, even in the conscious or in the unconscious, that we begin to walk out what we're giving attention to, the Word of God in our life, everything goes with a cue, a craving, a response, and a reward. Now let me get off of spiritual things just for a second. You're walking down the road, and all of a sudden you get this aroma and you go, that smells like Texas barbecue. Hmm. Now, if you like barbecue, you begin to have a craving. I, I think I, I think it's ten o'clock. It's ready for lunch. <laughs> I, I think I need some barbecue. Do, do you see the craving? Now, now you're going for the reward of a full stomach with sliced brisket. So the response is going into the barbecue place and saying, I want sliced brisket or whatever food that you want at the barbecue. Do, do you follow me on this? What I want us to get to is that it becomes part of our DNA that there is a cue that goes off to trigger us to go, oh, God is saying, and the Word of God says, There's a, my heart beckons and God says, hey, hey, come spend some time with me today. And, and there's a trigger that goes off and goes, guys, I, I got to go. I got to go. I got an appointment. Well, who are you going to be with? Are you going to be with Jim, Sally, Bob, Bill? No. JJ. Who's JJ? Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. I got a meeting at 10 o'clock. There's a cue. There's a trigger. And there's a craving. What is the response? Ooh, I can feel the Holy Spirit. I, what is the response? I'm going to spend time with the creator of the universe. And the reward is the benefit of the things that he's going to tell me to lead my life in a better direction than it would be without him. Now we're going to go through this. And I want you to be very, let me say, attentive. Because we know that what runs in the conscious and the unconscious, you don't know what goes in the unconscious. And if you've ever gone through a time of um, um, 
here's a, a freedom in your life where someone takes you through some things and, and looks into the things of the unconscious, and, and it's called deliverance spiritually. And, and you begin to go, you know, that's, that's where in my life I turned the wrong direction. What we as a church want to do is we want to see those things and turn in the right direction. If we're, we're, some people are saying, you know, I have no hope in my life. Why? Because the direction that I'm going, I don't even know what's happening. I'm going to give you some tools. It'll be up to you if you hear them only on Sunday morning and come then the next Sunday morning and hear them again. You'll have to do some things during the week to put yourself in the place of the truth that God's going to speak into your life. Again, I'll give you this to do this week. Some of you might need to put a reminder on your phone. And if you don't know how it works, tell somebody and they'll help you. Put a reminder on your phone that might go off every day. It might be at 7 o'clock in the morning. It might be a little bit earlier, a little later. That you get alone with God and you begin this process of saying, God... And I'm not saying that you're in a direction that's going to lead you to hell. Maybe you are. But I'm saying maybe it's just a little bit off. And you know that what you're reaping is something that is not right. What, what am I doing that I am keep causing this to happen in my life? And when you become humble enough to say, God, speak to me. This week, what I want you to do is to meditate this every day this week. Who do I wish to become? In Christ. But what does that person do? What is the behavior that is exhibited? If a swimmer swims and a lumberjack cuts down trees and a writer writes books, what does a person that is a follower of Christ looks like? There, there might be someone in your mind that you say, well, they would do this, they would do this. Get off of all the goals of achievement. I'm going to read the Bible through in a year. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says, I'm a Christian, are you? I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to get off of the bumper sticker. Those are all, but that's not what I'm going to create a habit for. It's going to be first to create who God wants me to be. Everybody with me on this? And watch this. This might not be a hallelujah shouting down the house message in series. But until we get the foundation and we begin to get on the track, and it's just one step, one step, and watch, it might be just the achievement of 1% better a day. There's a day that's coming when we do not come here just to meet God. We come here to celebrate the goodness of God that has happened all week in our life. When we come here, we go, what's God doing in your life? I mean, Lisa and the worship team comes out and everybody's already got their hands up. Let's go! I want our worship team to come back up. And I want to sing this song that says, I believe that I will see the actual goodness of God in my life right here in the land of the living. Not just when I get to heaven. I believe. Do you believe that? Why don't you stand real quick and let, let's sing this and I want you to respond to today's message.
Some of you will respond with lifted hands. Some of you will close your eyes and meditate on the goodness of God. Some of you, I don't even know what you might do. Hallelujah.